Hey guys, what is going on? This is your boy Christian Israel, and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast, a place where we a place where we discuss what happens in the world today, where we talk about stories that focus on current events, the stock market, and digital assets. Where we go one, we go all. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation. Happy Thursday, right? May seventh, guys. We are moving along. We are. Um, I don't know, kicking it in. I got an exciting show for you guys today. Today, we're actually talking to Kate Shugart, who is um, from Sarsons Fund. She is the head of national sales or the director of national sales, dealing directly with your financial advisor, helping you get into this cryptocurrency space if you are an accredited investor. So we kind of talk about her and we're going to talk about financial freedom, guys. So thank you so much. If you are tuned in on Apple Podcasts, if you are tuned in on Breaker, Google, Spotify, or of course the Anchor platform where you can partner with us or shoot me a message. Of course, some of you guys have been hitting me up on Twitter, which is at New Creation Cap. Right there, you're hitting me up. I appreciate you guys uh, speaking with me. Of course, you can also find me on YouTube. And uh, let's see here. I think we have stepped up our game and we have a few more subscribers. So I just want to give a shout out. Look at that. We are in episode 42 right now and we have 44 subscribers. Thank you guys so much for jumping in and subscribing. <clears throat> Definitely because they're having that shadow ban right now that's going all over that if you're if your channel has anything to do with cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, they are shadow banning you. So please, this little button right here, right here, right here, right here. Hit that button, please, so you can get the notification because I won't even come up in your search engine. So please hit that button. Thank you to the subscribers. The most recent subscriber, uh, I think, is John Geets, or Giz right here. Um, and he commented yesterday that he owns more ETH than Bitcoin and it could be a mistake since they say that one should hold Bitcoin until alt season and then change to alts. We'll see. Yes, John, we will see. Um, by the way, before we jump into uh, some of the news, uh, <clears throat> you can also find us on Publish OX. Episode 41 was yesterday. And if you go on Publish OX in a new creation podcast, this is where you can find our audio right here so you can download your favorite podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or jump right in and listen to the odd uh, the video for the visual which you are watching right now if you're on YouTube and yesterday's episode 41 was reasons there is a perfect storm brewing for both Bitcoin and ethereum this is a cryptocurrency based blog website so you can find other stuff up top all right so speaking of Bitcoin whoa Four days, 11 hours, 9 minutes, and 47 seconds. What's crazy is at one point yesterday, I wish I would have screenshotted it because the Bitcoin block reward having was at May 11th all of a sudden. So and now it seems like it dropped off a little bit, so it pushed. I guess they want to sit and keep it at May 11th because now it's a few hours from where it was. And what is the block reward having, guys? If you guys don't know, that's um, actually I'll explain that in an interview. So uh, I won't explain it now. Just know the block reward having is four days, 11 hours, and nine minutes 
and 17 seconds away. This interview was recorded last night, so you'll see the time difference a little bit differently on here. But before we jump into the interview, let's check out a couple things. First off, with that said, cryptocurrency Bitcoin is pumping 2.84% sitting at 94.71. It is leaving the alts behind. This I don't like personally to see. Definitely the Bitcoin dominance at 67.78. People don't understand if you take your money from ETH and you follow the institutions, then you're crushing your own altcoins. And personally, it makes no sense to me why that that herd mentality, but that is people. We know that's the psychology of the market, and I'll leave it be. Ethereum is at 206.66, down a half a percent. XRP is down 1.44%, sitting at 21.65%. I don't know why I'm getting so many notifications right now, especially when my Telegram group is not open. However, that just reminded me, make sure you come along to the Telegram group. I might as well open it right now since it won't stop blowing up. Let's see here. This is the Telegram group right here. You can come to New Creation Capital Cronies. You see here people are posting their, um, you can see right here people are posting their, their memes. We sit here, we talk charts, we do fun little gifts. If you want a place to come chit chat with people and just talk Bitcoin and I also post trades and we have other people talk trades about what is going in. Yesterday, uh, someone caught the short at 90 at 9,000, 90, 50, and 9,100. So this is a place where we come and we celebrate people when they are making profit. So boom, that's Gus Malzahn, Auburn University's football coach. So yeah, that kept popping up. So apparently I'm supposed to tell you about following new creation capital cronies. All right. And you can find that in the description of the video below. All right. So this is what happened with Bitcoin yesterday, right? So uh, well, yesterday we had a little pump. Let me see where I can find that pump, right? We had a little dump, caught support right here. This is this is a this was the trend line, by the way. So I have some signals on here. Caught the support on the trend line, bounced back up off the sell line, and then we bounced in between, and boom, I got the signal right here around. 7.45 my time that it is a buy. The MACD is fired up. The Stachi and the RRS is fired up. And boom, it shot up. Look at that. To 63, what is it? 62.25 was our local top so far. And right now we are sitting at 94.92. And speaking of stock markets, right? We just saw, hold on. We saw this. This is the weekly jobs report looking out. 3.2 million filed for unemployment last week. Oh my gosh, 3.25 million filed for unemployment. So let's see what the stock market is doing. Off that news, the stock market is up 1.37%, up 332 points at 23,997. The S&P 2891, up 1.5%. The NASDAQ up 1.4% um, at 89.78. Gold up half a percent at 1697 and oil at 8.75 cent at 2609. So, guys, as always, every time the jobs report comes out, we see a spike in the stock market. So, the stock market obviously likes the fact that, uh, that people are losing jobs. That just doesn't make sense to me. And so, of course, we're going to jump into the podcast now, guys. Make sure. Um, you follow, like, and subscribe. I'll put her information below. Um, Kate Shugart of Sarsen Funds, Real Clear Crypto. You can go to sarsenfunds.com to find her information. And we will jump into the video where we will talk about financial freedoms. First off, what's up, Kate? How you doing today? Hey, good. 
How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, so what we're going to do real quick is, as we start this interview, you know, it is 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time on May 6th. And Bitcoin is trying to break 9400 right now, guys. So what we decided to do is go ahead and jump over here and look at the charts. Because at this time, the block reward having is actually going back and forth between May 11th and May 12th. So why are we talking this interview with Miss Kate? Um, I'm going to introduce her to you guys real quick, and I'm going to show you guys. She is from Sarsons Fund, Real Clear Crypto. Sarsons Fund is a crypto hedge um, company, which is pretty awesome, and she is head of the International Sales Director of National Accounts. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. I just got my, uh, just got my promotion about uh, two weeks ago. Okay, perfect. Well, don't let me don't let me um, slaughter what you do. Why don't you tell us what it is that you do and introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Kate Shuckert. Um, I'm currently residing in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is where our headquarters is for Sarsen Funds. We also have an additional office in Boston. Uh, but what we are, we're actually a marketing company. So Sarsen Funds is set up to be a marketing company. And we have three individual funds structured under a hedge fund. We have one that is our large cap coin. We have one that is our small cap coin. And then we have one that is a um, brand new one called the crypto and income fund. So what I do, so my with my position now, uh, I am in charge of all of the national accounts. So mostly I'd be, I'm focusing on the sales side. I will be training and hiring um, a sales staff here probably by the end of the summer um, to the end of this year. But I am the one that also goes through and does the education uh, for financial advisors. So RIAs, registered investment advisors, as well as family offices, and really just any of like the smaller uh, mom and pop uh, family um, uh, advising teams. So what we do is we, we kind of come in with an educational front. We come in and we say, hey, we know that this is kind of out of your out of your element. We understand that maybe some of your clientele have been asking you and you simply just say, we don't offer that allocation in any of your um, in any of your investments. So I come in and I, and I train them. I train the advisors on how to present crypto in a way that really fits their their clientele. So we we have our three funds structured almost like mutual funds. And we've created fat cards that look very, very similar to what um, baby boomers basically would be used to seeing with a financial advisor. So we, my job, let's put it that way. So my job is to educate every financial advisor possible in the United States of America. So that is my, that is my official Goal. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. so. What is what does that look like when you're educating these financial advisors? I mean, what is their goal? If you're if you're talking to somebody right now who wants to be a financial advisor, looking to get into uh, this cryptocurrency space, right? What would be the one advice you would give them if they come across someone like you? Typically, the the best advice is. Don't panic. Just have your clients call me directly and I will explain it to them. <laughs> Typically, just I, I really make it simple of just, hey, we will be we will be your sub advisor. You don't have to do any work. If you want to learn from me, I can give you the basics. So I really we have like this great crypto 101 guide um, and an, uh, a guide to digital asset investing. Very, 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 very minimal. We really break it down just of what the core components that the advisors need to know just to explain it or answer some basic questions from their clientele. Um, at the same time, they're really, this is still such an um, untapped market 
And, and that's really why we're structured to be focusing on the family offices as well as the RIAs, um, because no one has gone in there yet with crypto. So we are we are ahead of the curve and it's it's a struggle sometimes. But um, but it's once we have the regulation um, that is back. So like for us, we don't do any investing in any kind of privacy coins. We are very, very, very upfront on the regulation. I was just in Washington, D.C. Um, on the 9th of March pre-COVID. Um, for the the act, the cryptocurrency act of 2020 launch party mm -hmm. uh, in the basement of Capitol Hill. So I was there with a bunch of the. Um, there was the who was it? Uh, Marshall was there. Marshall is the co-founder of Metal Exchange, which I believe is going to be launching here shortly. Also, Metal Pay. Um, he was there for the for the act. But what we're doing is we're making sure that we are on the side of regulation. Because once the regulation comes through, the financial advisors are going to feel much more secure. They're not going to be feeling like they're risking anything for their clients. And then it's just simply, it, as soon as their clients say, okay, I have an interest in investing in cryptocurrency, they keep it at a 10 under 10% allocation of their clients, all, of all of their wealth, only 10% or under. Um, but we really just recommend only 2% allocation. But then we just have the financial advisor pass the clients off to me. I give them a brief overview and then we sign them up. So speaking of passing over, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because as we talk, I'm going to put one of my charts up right here. Guys, we're trying to break 9,400 and, and I think it's so important um, because we can see we have this little line right here we're trying to break and this is one of the highs. So we're trying to create a higher high, which got me thinking of what you and I were talking about earlier about financial freedom, right? That is the whole point of our clients that we bring on to New Creation Cap, that you bring on to Sarsen's Fund, right? It's not just to allocate their funds or use accredited investors or just get them dabbling in the space, but it's really to create financial freedom. And so that's what our topic is today. I think you and I said, let's just talk about that as we were discussing last night. So when you hear the term financial freedom, what comes to mind for you? Oh, for me. Uh, so what really drew me to to this world um, with, with cryptocurrency is just the not I don't want to. It's hard because you, you kind of don't want to go in, into the into the reasons behind why uh, Bitcoin originally was created. I, I like the concepts of it was created after the financial market, basically the financial market shut down in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, now it's proving to be even better because of everything that's going on with with COVID-19. But that's not really what drew me to it. The, the idea of there's two aspects. One would be helping the unbanked. Um, I really, really get behind that of if you are, you know, an impoverished person here in America or around the world, you can't just walk into JP Morgan. You can't walk into PNC. You can't walk into Bank of America and just open an account. It just isn't that simple. So a lot of these people, I think about with the, with their paychecks, they're going to check cashing places. They're you know cashing them at Walmart. It, there's just there's really no opportunity for them without having to pay these exuberant fees on the money that they're already just scraping by to maintain. Um, that as well as like with transfers, like money transfers with Western Union. I mean, if you're sending $100 to a different country to help your family uh, just be able to eat and Western Union takes $30 off of that, I mean, that's that's insane. That's absolutely insane. So what really drew me to this is I have a background in technology. So I did work in, um, in IT for many years. Mm. So seeing how just rudimentary the financial systems have been here in the united states and just running off of technology that's been oh my gosh like 
what, late 90s? I mean, it's it's been insane. I mean, you look at this and just the efficiency um, could be up. So the, the lack of efficiency drives me crazy. And that's what I think really excites me about about cryptocurrency because it's it's proving time and time again there's so many different ways and so many different solutions to solve these problems um and then two uh two for personal reasons so financial freedom for me uh would be would be learning how to how to make investments and to become a day trader i i really really want the lifestyle of being able to you know work for myself come and go as i please and i i really enjoy the analytics of it as well so financial freedom from what I hear, and I make sure I get this for our listeners and viewers, right, is not only to get you or you're financially comfortable to do what you want, but more importantly, your goal is to get the unbanked and, and help those who can't really fend from themselves. Because in, we know in some countries that banks don't even exist because, uh, as you alluded to technology, let's just talk about the tech part first. You know, SWIFT is what runs right now through through banks. And for those who don't guys don't know what SWIFT, that's when you see that's the digital aspect behind all the banks that moves everything step by step. And SWIFT is actually 40-year-old technology. And now we're moving into uh, a new era. So anyone who watches this channel knows exactly what I'm thinking. Three letters of the alphabet, and it's not oh, yeah. ABC. <laughs> but I think it's important because she's touching on something. It's about banking the unbanked. Making banking making banking cheaper. Wow, that sounds like fun, right? So when we do that, my question is, is there anything, now I'm going to I'm gonna hit you with a side note here, right? What specific besides XRP, okay, we're, we're, we won't talk about XRP, what token or what utility or what technology in the space that we're in right now, do you, I know you don't say you, you don't put all your faith in a coin, right? But if you, if you were to talk about utility, <laughs> <Very> unbiased. <laughs> if, if there's something utility that might help get what you want done, right? Because honestly, it's really not Bitcoin in a sense that's going to get all this unbanking the unbanked. It's not really, I mean, we're, we're looking at a $9,400 Bitcoin, right? So not a lot of people can pull out their savings and buy that. We know that Bitcoin's transaction fees are a little higher when we got a lot of movement. But then we got things like Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Ethereum 2.0, Hyperledger moving forward, uh, Tezos, Chainlink, uh, XLM, these other tokens. So is there anything specific maybe that you've come across in your space that you guys are looking at that you can say, hey, this is something that I keep my eye on. I don't put 100% behind it, right? But something that maybe has caught your attention. You know, I, I'm going to deviate just simply um, from the coins because it's not necessarily a coin that has really gotten my attention in this particular subject. Um, what got my attention was the yellow exchange that is run out of Africa. So there, during the when I was in D.C. for the launch of the active cryptocurrency uh, for 2020, I'm one of the keynote speakers was one of the founders of yellow exchange, and they are only used in Africa. So these are two kids from like. Oh my gosh, things like rural Alabama, two best friends in college. And they originally set up this, this Bitcoin like ATM, like transaction. It wasn't really, it wasn't an ATM, but what they would do is they, they made a group and they said, okay, they said, we're going to be at this Taco Bell on Sunday from two to 4 PM. If you want Bitcoin, come pay us in, in fiat and we will give it to you and send it to you right away. So it was just a little Bitcoin exchange. So they started this, they did it every Sunday. 
at this little Taco Bell. And then they started calling their friends. They called their friends um, in Princeton. They called their friends at Harvard and they said, hey, we're doing this and we're charging like this tiny little fee. Hey, do you, why don't you guys do it too? So they started popping up at all these different Taco Bells. And then they found out that was illegal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, then they end up looking into the tech behind it and launching an exchange. So what, what drew them to leave the United States, obviously, because of the SEC and regulations, it was originally the reason they left in, I want to say they started this maybe in 2012 or 14. I think it was that long ago. And so they end up going into going to Africa. They had a contact there. So these two, these two college kids, um, they're there and they focused on teaching the unbanked. So it was mm. educating and explaining just simply how to use their wallet, how to use the yellow exchanges wallet, how to purchase, how to do simple transactions, how to store their money on their wallet so that way it's safe because there's no, they were storing it under their mattress. I mean, it was, it was that bad. So what really drew me is, is hearing, hearing this, their story. And they also brought a woman over, I believe she's their head of She's probably their head of education. I don't quite remember her title, um, but they brought her and she she was the other keynote speaker um, as well. But what she did is she originally started because her son was born uh, with a very, very rare uh, health disorder. And there was no way for them to purchase the, um, the supplies and to schedule the surgery. So she started looking at how, how to get a cheap surgery. So if you think of it here, you think of it here, like a lot of people go to, to Mexico or to um, like South American countries for elective surgeries. Well, she in Africa, she was looking at India because they had very, very, very cheap procedures for this very, very rare disease that um, her son had. And they were, and the doctor's office said, well, you can just send it to us in Bitcoin. That'd be a lot easier than you sending, wiring the money over with all the exchange fees. So that's how she first got interested, introduced to it just to help her son with cross-border payments. And then she realized, oh, wow, you know, there's so much more to this. So she started a group and started educating people. There'd be, she said there'd be like 50 to 100 people at a time and they would show up to these meetings and she would teach them everything about cryptocurrency and how to take control of your own assets and wealth. It was an absolutely amazing. So this is called the Yellow Exchange? Yellow Exchange, yes. Okay, so we're gonna look that up and I'll throw that in the, in the link below. Um, I think that's a great idea. We're definitely when we're talking about cross-border payments, we're talking about educating people, we're talking about banking the unbanked. I think those are a lot of things this space is really looking at doing. Um, with that said, uh, okay, I know we went to Yellow, so I'm going to bring it back um, and ask what you think about, uh, well, you and I talked about this, Ethereum 2.0, right? We have a launch coming in July. It was supposed to be last week. And I know you and I are like, we have no idea what to expect. And I'm not saying you're an expert on anything. So this is just kind of a fly by the wheel. What are you hearing? What do you expect from it? Do you have any expectations from Ethereum 2.0? Personally, I, I don't feel that I know enough to even make an educated decision on this yet. I do know that within some of my chat groups and some of my insiders groups, we have been talking about it. So there's a lot of hype around what it will change. But really, no one has gotten into specifics. I think just because since it keeps getting rolled back, mm -hmm. no one really is taking their time to get hyped about it just because we're afraid it's going to be pushed back even farther. <laughs> so that's kind of the general consensus I'm seeing as of right now. But yeah, we would like to see it by July. That'd be awesome. That'd be absolutely amazing. But then again, it's been over a year that we've been we've been talking about this and, and hoping for it. 
All right, well, let's talk about something. As of this time, it's five days, one hour, 43 yeah. minutes, and three seconds. Countdown clocks, right? So for mm -hmm. those guys who don't know who are watching this, to come check out Kate. Yeah, I almost said Kat. Kate, um, come to check her out. The block word we're having is basically if you're mining gold, you get paid for gold. And the same happens for mining Bitcoin blocks, right? As of today, if you mine a Bitcoin block, you get paid 12.5 coins per block. But in five days, one hour, 42 minutes, and 36 seconds, your reward gets cut in half. And this is to help with um, supply and demand. We're going to cut down the supply. Hopefully, the demand increases. And this works instead of inflation, we get deflation. So speaking of the hype train, okay, how do you feel? What do you think is going to happen? I know, again, this is you're not someone who makes... Um, calls about price predictions right that's not what you do right um, that's not, yeah mine is just uh my uh my aspect here at uh source and funds is just to uh explain the hype and kind of ride the waves here of there's a five-day countdown and i'm calling with a sense of urgency uh to all these people who don't even understand if i if i say bitcoin they may understand if i say ethereum they're like what is that so <laughs> i mean i'm talking to the very, very beginners and a lot of people who could care less. But I will say it has been really fun uh, with the with the countdown of just kind of hyping it out there with a bunch of emails, a lot of my marketing. Um, for me personally, do, what do I what do I think it's the market's going to do? I after looking back on the other the other halvings, I feel like it's we're going to see a rally in the markets up until probably I would say a couple days after. So probably in about nine days, we'll see a rally. And then everyone is going to hit them. The people who just jumped on board right now, who really are maybe brand new to crypto, they're going to see the hypes over and it was nothing. And then I feel like there's going to be a sell-off. Mm. So a lot of people start seeing Bitcoin in the news and it's coming up on Forbes and it's coming up on Bloomberg. And I'm seeing all these things kind of, you know, because everyone's anticipating the having. But a lot of people who are getting in personally into the uh, crypto sphere, if they're getting in in the last month and haven't done their due diligence and research, there's no reason to be getting in right now. <laughs> like, like these, these people are going to be losing money just because they're like, okay, this is going to be something. It has to be something. I should get in now when they should have been, they should have got in a couple months ago um, or even before that. But I think it'll be, yeah, I think another, I want to say, I'm going to say nine days. I'm going to say around five days to the having. I'm going to say four additional days. And then I'm going to, I predict price drops. You know, I think you're 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 kind of onto something there. And so, if I can pull this, let's see here. Let's do an all-time chart here. Mm -hmm. Um, just looking at this in general, we see here this is our having, and we're actually coming up on an apex, right? So we're expecting this to go north or go south here. Literally, look at this. Look at the this apex. It's literally on the like pretty close to the day of the having where all this meets. And what I find interesting is this is going to go one way or the other, right? Yeah. And I think you're onto something. And now this is a little technical, right? But most halvings we've been going into, Kate, is they've been on an uptrend. We're actually in a downtrend in this halving. So I'm curious what to see. Now, personally, I'm a holder. I hold because that's what you invest. We also day trade here. So you, for someone who is just getting into trading, right, why don't you tell people, um, because we know you're an expert at basically doing what you do there, but you're learning to day trade, you said, for financial yeah. freedom. If yeah, there's someone learning freedom. right now as you're learning, let's talk about some of the mistakes maybe that you have made, right? 
to, to increase your learning process. So someone right now is like, I have no idea what to do. I saw this awesome girl talking about, I'm trying to trade. She's new. What can I learn from her based on how you just started? What's like one of the funny story mistakes that you made in this situation? Uh, let's see. Funny story mistake. Um, I want to say right. Okay. So the funny story. So, um, with, with COVID-19, obviously. So I was the fear monger in my office. <laughs> so at about, um, the second to last week, about mid February, I was obviously going through, I mean, I always checking new sources at similar to the way that you are, but I don't think on the same level. <laughs> so deep dive, you get into it. But I was really, I was really tracking um, all of the all of the news out of China and the news mm -hmm. out of Asia with COVID nineteen when it just started to break in mid February. So it's the last week of February, and I'm telling everyone in the office, guys, this is going to change our life. Like this is going to disrupt our day to day activities. We really need to be bracing for this. We really need to be stocking up a little bit or at least focusing on what we should do when this does come to the United States. And uh, everybody, everybody in the office is like, no, no, it's not, this is gonna be contained to China. It's just like SARS, there's, you know, there's no issues at all. And I really was concerned to the point that I, I on the 24th of February cashed out my 401k in full because I knew, I, I, I knew it was coming and it was coming uh, just based on everything that I was, I was seeing with the news in China. So that was what, what day was, um, black Thursday was March 11th. I believe it was March 11th, something like that. Mm -hmm. crypto. But we did see the, the traditional, um, equities markets tank right before then as well. March so, looks like it started March 8th and then on March 12th. March boom. Yeah. So March I was 11, March 12th. a yep. little over, a little over a week before that is when I cashed out at the height of the market. Um, yeah, I know, right? It was awesome. Um, so I would say my only regret um, of not really not um, quite grasping the aspect of trading yet at that at that point is not purchasing like solid bitcoins mm. <laughs> right when it was at the very bottom of the market. Um, looking back on it now, I don't even know why I hesitated at all. So with that, I, I think it's 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 tricky getting into this because you feel like you're always going to feel like you don't know enough to, to, to kind of take the plunge and do anything. So I really started off slowly where when I, about the week before, uh, a week before the markets plummeted, I purchased a thousand dollars in Bitcoin when it was about, I want to say it was like 8,000. I think it might've been 8,000. And then it dropped significantly. And I, I was, I was pretty pissed. <laughs> I was pretty pissed. Um, but my, the managing partner, my firm, he said, uh, John Sarson said, you know what? He's like, I feel bad. He's like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you your thousand dollars back. So I only started with a thousand dollars. I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars back. And he's like, that way you don't have to worry about losing that. Like it was like 200 bucks. I think it was, uh, he's like, you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, no, you don't have to do this. And, uh, he said, okay. He's like, just take it back and then wait a couple days. And then he had me buy into Ethereum on March 18th, I believe it was, I did a thousand dollars worth of Ethereum. And as of right now, I have made what I'm, it's like 1800, I want to say, might've okay. been about 1800 with that. So I've made with, I know when I tracked it um, in, what was it? 40, when 41 days for my first purchase of Ethereum, I, I believe it was over 50, 
56% gains on it. There we go. So that's... that was my first experience with it. So that was, that hooked me. That, that was my instant, like, okay, here we go. This is something I really want to pursue because I think before then, um, because we talked about this, even before then I was not charting. I was not learning. I, I kind of was grasping it, but it was more of listening to our analyst and listening to um, just kind of the market predictions of when I should take the plunge. Mm -hmm. And now seeing, understanding, and I think it, everyone needs to realize it is, it is a slow process. You need to take your time, really learn and research everything about this world first before you just start jumping in because you don't want to be jaded by making a mistake. And obviously we can't sit there and say, you're never not going to make mistakes. We all obviously will, but be prepared. So really set your foundational stones of understanding, understanding how blockchain technology works in the first place, then going into understanding how the trading aspect works. But also you want to know, be prepared to do research on individual coins, especially if you're going to go into these smaller alternative coins or altcoins as we know them look into it, look into it because there, there are so many coins. There's like 5,000 coins listed right now on coin market cap. And a lot of them are crap. Like they're just <laughs> terrible. Like there's no real world application. So get in the habit of researching it the way you would research a new company in the stock market, mm -hmm. really look into it. But I think that all of these things cannot be done at once. So give yourself the time to learn and take it month by month. I think I really got overwhelmed in the very, very beginning because I felt like I was trying to take on too many different aspects of the of the crypto world um, instead of just focusing on one at a time to build that foundation and then keep moving up from there. Absolutely. That's great advice. That is great advice for so you're wise beyond your years, Kate. <laughs> um, all right. Last but not least, because obviously – you guys focus on uh, we're calling the boomers, right? And we just yeah. saw Warren Buffett. I put in my my podcast this morning, uh, episode forty one. So it's not really this morning; it's yesterday. If you're watching this today, but anyway, reverse time and go to the podcast before. In the beginning, Warren Buffett states that he was wrong. In fact, he also states that Treasury bonds are crap, right? And this is a guy who did not want to sell. His all his stock in his airplane uh, in his uh, you know uh, American Airlines, United Airlines, Delta Airlines. Um, he didn't want to sell that stuff, but he said I was wrong. It's all basically crap, and it's going to get worse. He's also a guy who says Bitcoin sucks, right? Just point blank period. He doesn't believe in Bitcoin, but if he was wrong about the stock market. He was wrong about Apple too. He was also that. wrong about Apple, and I think Amazon as well. I don't think he said hi to Amazon. So, when it comes to changing of the guards, he's not so comfortable, right? But I, I do that as a transition to talk about baby boomers. They listen to Warren Buffett, and you talk to baby boomers, right? That's who a lot of the accredited investors are that come to Sarsen's Fund. So, if a baby boomer Right now, I have a couple clients that are technically baby boomers, right? If they had friends and they were accredited investors and didn't want to do individual investing, okay, what would you say to a baby boomer right now that's like having crap Bitcoin? I like the banks. <laughs> one of the best, one of the best things I heard was actually from the Crypto One Hundred and One podcast. Um, I think it was Bryce. I think it's Bryce who said it. He he stated it. And this has been the number one thing I've done to kind of have everyone from that generation grasp what we're talking about here. Mm. We are in the 1996 of the internet, okay? We are early adoption 
And it's not even to the point of what, year 2000, 2001. I know 2001 was when we first got our family's desktop computer. I had a Windows Millennium Edition and uh, it was it was atrocious. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. But we didn't have mass adoption. And even then, like my family, very, very um, conservative and very blue collar, just, you know, very uh, kind of middle America uh, growing up in Pennsylvania. But we got our very first desktop in 2001. So if we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency being in the 1996, I mean, we still got a solid five years until we have even people recognizing it or utilizing utilizing a um, type of wallet on their phone. I mean, a lot of millennials are obviously already using this. I what 21% of millennials are already holding some type of cryptocurrency as of right now. Mm -hmm. And it's it's going to it's going to eventually get there. I just think that the boomers are going to be the last ones because they're the ones who really are not a fan of change in the first place. And I know that as as the millennials and the gen uh, the gen Xers as they transition, there's also going to be the the passing of the wealth from the baby boomers mm -hmm. into the pockets of millennials. So it's going to happen. I think that until we see something. Uh, one thing that I know that is in the works is the United States um, Treasury uh, digital wallet. So that being that would be really the kind of springboard, I would say, of getting the boomers into understanding that this is going to revolutionize the world. I think one by one right now, trying to convince them has been a little bit tricky. <laughs> so, you know, you really have to. I will say um, one of the funny things is since we have to only work with accredited investors, the good thing is a lot of them have enough money that they kind of throw money at everything. So there's a good chance they'll just be like, all right, well, here's a little bit, let's try it and see what happens. And honestly, with the way that the way that Bitcoin and even, even any of the altcoins, the way they're performing and showing and <laughs> showing how much they're making per year. Like I know our flagship fund this year alone is up 41%. So, I mean, what other, I mean, what other investments are showing these type of returns? So just, just explaining to these, these baby boomers, of, hey, just put a small allocation of your overall wealth into this, just so just so your percentages go up per year, just so you can kind of see something going on, especially now with, I believe, with, with the virus, people are more open to non-traditional investments. So they're getting there. I think that this really helped us. Um, what was the other thing that you, I think you had sent it to me, was the um, the proposal of the 32 different bills into Congress right now pertaining to blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. I mean, when they start hearing about it in the news, people are going to come on board. But until we have something, until we have something like the United States Treasury digital wallet that we'd be utilizing for um, obviously stimulus checks, which is happening right now, but something as simple as the direct deposits for filing our taxes every single year, until we see something that is that is mandatory or an option for the majority of Americans, I really don't think the United States is going to be on board with that generation. Yeah. And I think we've touched on this because, uh, you know, the Chinese digital wand has just come into play and it starts next yeah. week. And I think it's, I was, I was today, I was working out this morning. I thought, Oh man, they're launching their digital wand to go into play a week after the having, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's some timing there, you know, and then we got, you know, a lot of things going on in the uh, European Central Banks right now with theirs. You got in, you got real clear crypto regulation going on in, in India and other parts of the world. So we are moving forward. And, you know, I talk about on this channel that this was all planned. It's been planned. And sometimes change is forced, you know. And the only way to get, I think, people who are accredited investors on 
uh, is to see money move, right? In the end, are they making money? They don't care what it is. Then yeah, they're much more inclined to. Absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, they're seeing gold right now. Eight years ago, gold was $1,700, right? So what's gold right now? $1,700. Since the crash, fun fact, since the crash on March 12th, Bitcoin has grown 130%. 130% ROI. Like, (laughs) hey, baby boomer. 130% 130% ROI, half a percent. Oh, well, there's actually something I want to I bring up. Uh, something that's interesting is that the, um, I didn't know this. This is something I just learned about our company. So at Sarsen Funds, the, we were originally, um, it was called ETFMI. So we, we had uh, ETFs or exchange traded funds. That was originally our structure. And John decided to do a small allocation of Bitcoin in the portfolios. Mm-hmm. So he had it for about, I want to say probably about three to four years. And time and time again, the best performing asset at only 5% was Bitcoin. So he took it, he took when it, it, one year, I think it went up to like 17% uh, in his fund. And then he'd trim it back to 5%, trim it back again to 5%. And then finally was like, this is outperforming every other thing I have in here. Why don't I just focus mainly on crypto? So that's really how Stars and Funds got started. Just because when, when the money was talking and you can actually see it side by side with other with other assets in these ETFs, it outperformed time and time again to the point that we went full deep dive into all crypto. Mm. So all three of our funds, only cryptocurrency. So I am right now showing your website. Um, What is, if someone wants to come find you right now before we go, because this has been awesome. Thank you for coming on here, by the way. Uh, You have done a wonderful job. But of course, we have to let the people know if they want to find you, um, what do they do? Where do they go? What are the steps? I'm going to hit the About Us and we're going to go to. Actually, yeah, you can see my picture there, but if you want to hit investment funds, the very first one there. That'll take you to the page. Perfect. Now scroll down. Okay, scrolling so down. These are our three funds. Now you want to do the lock. Click on. Um, actually, see if you can go down a little farther. Is it on there? Scroll down a little bit. Oh, now okay, go back up. So you can click on any of these three funds. So the blockchain momentum is the name of the large coin. Fifth Kagan is our small coin, and our new one is Axe Momentum. Click on any of those. Just go into blockchain momentum where uh, it says learn more. Okay. I keep touching my face and all I can think of is COVID-19. All right. <laughs> and, uh, just scroll down here and then you guys can see me. Ah, there, there. she is. And you can just book, honestly, if anybody wants to talk, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, you can That actually goes to my Calendly link. And it's just like I do like 15-minute meetings. And these are for anybody. So I've been doing meetings with financial advisors. I've been doing them with um, millennials, um, our interns that we are that we are bringing on this summer. So anybody just wants to kind of talk about it and kind of get a background, I'm available at any time. And I, I mean, we're all stuck at home anyway. So I mean, the more people to talk to, the better. <laughs> so if, feel free to hit me up here. Also, it's just Kate at sarsonfunds.com if anybody wants to reach out. And I am on um, your channel as well. I know that uh, some of, probably some of your uh, your listeners here can probably find me in our group chats as well for uh, New Creation Capital. So when she says our group chats, by the way, she's talking about the new creation cronies. It's the Telegram group. It is in the description as well as 
Kate's information will be below and how to get to Sarsen's funds and the book. Guys, definitely if you are an accredited investor or you already have a financial advisor, um, you can put them in touch with her and these guys are awesome. I talked to John and Jahan and Kate. I almost said Kat again. Um, <laughs> I've known this girl for a long time, so it's awesome to see her into this space, guys. If you don't get in this space, it's going to pass you by. And this is a perfect chance, even boomer down to 18 and older, this is a chance for you to change your life and wealth. And it's not a better place to start than going to Sarsen's Funds and working with Miss Kate Shugart. I That's the first time I've ever said her last name out loud in my life. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, hopefully we'll see if your prediction comes true. Two or three days after the halving, we'll see what happens. We'll have you back on. We'll talk about the halving and go from there, okay? Awesome. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. And pause. Cool. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Good job. Let me stop sharing this. Thank you. That went better than I expected it to. Oh, girl, because you killed <laughs> I don't know why I was nervous about it. Well, I hope you guys really, really enjoy this. Make sure to follow along, like, subscribe to the social media thing. And guys, I will see you tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Of course, this is your boy, Christian Israel. You are tuned into the New Creational po Capital Podcast, a place where we go one, we go all, and we discuss what happens in the world today, where we talk about stories that focus on current events, the stock market, and digital assets. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation, guys. Until next time. Peace and love. Later. Let's just follow a $100 check. To make this real simple, to the fellow that delivers our mail, the postal worker gets a $100 check. And he looks at this and he can't imagine in his wildest dreams that just two days ago, that money didn't exist anywhere in the universe. But it's a government check now, and it's very spendable. So he takes it and deposits it into his private checking account at the local commercial bank. Now this money is out of the Federal Reserve mechanism per se, out of the government side of the partnership, and it gets into the private banking side of the partnership. A hundred dollars has been deposited, and now the action heats up. The banker looks at that and he goes over to the loan window and he opens it up and he says, attention everybody, we have money to loan. And that's good news for a lot of people because that's one of the reasons we go to the bank, isn't it? To borrow money. So it's good news when there's money available. And the banker says, we have $100 deposited, but don't worry folks, we can loan you more than that. We can loan you up to $900. Well, how? How can you loan out up to $900 when you only have $100 deposited? Well, it's not difficult if you're in the Federal Reserve System. Here's how it works. The Federal Reserve says that the member banks must keep no less than 10% of their deposits in reserve. So there's $100. They keep 10% in reserve, $10. And they can loan up to $90, right? So we loan it to you, ma'am. You've borrowed $90. What do you do with it? Well, you want to spend it. So you want to write a check on it. You've deposited it into your checking account so you can write a check. In many cases, it might be put directly into your checking account. But now there's $90 deposit. In addition to the $100 that was deposited to start this chain, 
Now we've got the $90 that was loaned as another deposit. Well, the Federal Reserve says that you only have to keep 10%, so we keep 10% of the 90 and loan the other 90%, and the person that borrows that puts it right back into the bank as another deposit. Well, the Federal Reserve says you only have to keep 10%, so you, you know, this goes around and around and around to the revolving door until finally the whole action is played out. And the bottom line is when that $100 deposit comes in from the postal worker, the banks, in essence, can loan up to $900 because $100 is the reserve, and that's 10% of 1,000, so they can loan the balance or the difference, which is $900. Now, where does that money come from? Well, <laughs> same place. <laughs> it springs into being precisely at the point where the loan is made. It didn't exist before anywhere. Now notice the important thing here. The money that's created out of nothing and given to the government, the government spends for its purposes. But the money that's created out of nothing by the banks, it's not spent by the banks, it's loaned by the banks to you and to me, and we pay interest on it. Not too shabby. Interest on nothing. I wish I had a magic checkbook like that, where I didn't have to have any money, just a checkbook. And I could write checks, $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 all day long and loan them to you folks, and you pay me interest on it. You see? Not too shabby at all. This, in fact, is the payoff to the commercial banks in the cartel. This scam has become legitimized by law. And we're told it's a wonderful thing. We think our banking system is wonderful. But it's a scam. Not only interest on nothing, but perpetual interest on nothing. Because notice, once this money is created, if you pay it